from Infinite Guests, this is Top Score, a conversation with composers who write music for video games. I'm Emily Reese. Composer Daniel Sadowski's soundtrack for the steampunk game City of Steam was a giant hit in China, and it landed him the job of writing music for Storm Throne. He used a full orchestra for Storm Throne and recorded at the unbelievably beautiful Bastyr Chapel in the Seattle area. To get the conversation going, Daniel described Stormthrone. It's a um, it's a beautiful game. When the developer first contacted me, who is R2 Games. You know, they've sent me pictures and art and the basic storyline. And immediately when I saw the um, the art, it really was beautiful to me. And it was very colorful. Um, a lot of the art kind of pops out of the screen. There's just a lot of really pretty colors. It, it is an action game. So, you know, there are like darker levels and everything. But overall, it kind of has like a very like vibrant look to it. And I really reacted to that. The which art. I find, yeah, the art. I, I find that a lot of my projects that colors, they, they kind of like, I'm able to translate that into music for some reason. It just, I, you know, when I see colors, it, it helps me to, you know, I can kind of hear colors, I guess you could say in my head, at least, you know, just, it's really inspiring for me to sit down and, and with art as, you know, the inspiration. And that's, that was the case with this game. When I first saw it, I was really just blown away and it's like, Wow. You know, I really, I can hear music. I really want to write something for this, you know. So that's kind of how it started. How did you get involved with the project? I had done a game called City of Steam. another sort of fantasy-based MMO, although it was kind of like more sci-fi as well. Okay. And, you know, I did that score and it was very well received, Um, especially in China. It kind of like picked up like a a fan following. Cool. So basically the company, R2 Games, they had heard of, you know, my work on that through that score. And that's when, you know, the CEO contacted me and he said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of this game. You know, would you be interested in helping us with, um, you know, Storm Throne? So that's kind of how I got started on the game. Did you know from the very beginning that you'd be using an orchestra? I was hoping, but, you know, it's always such an awesome thing to be able to do that. But I wasn't for sure. But I think when we had our first discussion, um, the company, you know, R2 Games, they said that they might be interested in doing that. But it, it was depending on how, you know, they wanted to hear what I would come up with first basically, and to see if, you know, if it would be worth it, number one, and, you know, how just the just the creative direction, like how that, what direction it would go. So it was kind of like a 50-50 thing, I guess you could say, but I wasn't too sure until maybe like halfway through the project when we started to talk about it more. So with City of Steam, was that a steampunk game? 
Yes, it was. It was steampunk based. I'd say it was more like steampunk. It was like influenced by steampunk because as they actually built that game, as they went on, they actually added more steampunk influences into it from the, when it initially started. But it was always it was always meant to be. I mean, obviously the name, you know, City of Steam. It was always kind of meant to have that kind of vibe. What were the differences musically between scoring a steampunk game and then moving on to Stormthrone, which is more about the natural world, right? I think um, when I initially did City of Steam, I told them, hey, you know, I don't really want to do the score like people think it would be done. Because, you know, I think a lot of people, you think, oh, steampunk, you think, okay, well, the music has to have some sort of like, I don't want to say electronic, but kind of, you know, maybe mechanical aspect to it. And maybe there was a little bit of that in some of the action clips I did. But for the most part of it, I kind of said, well, you know, let me, you know, they told me more about the story and the characters and again, the art. And, and that too had a very pretty aesthetic to it. So I kind of went more off of that and I came up with like a very pretty main theme, um, which had like a solo um, violin and viola. That kind of became the feeling for the game. It was more of like an emotional, soloistic kind of sound over like the orchestra kind of. So basically when people heard it, I think, you know, hearing the music alone, I don't think you would think, oh, steampunk. But then when you put it to the game, it kind of made sense. And I think it really helped add an element of emotion and feeling to the game that maybe wouldn't have been there if I had just kind of done what was expected. always times in a game where like you have to do like an action cue you have to do you know an ambient kind of cue because it's just there's necessary technical fundamental things the game requires but i mean having said that i think when you build the game and base it off of maybe a more personal emotional place then you know you have that place to go to even during those other kinds of cues so with city of steam i think that's what i did and i think that's what people responded to and I think that's why when it came to this next game, Stormthrone, I think they kind of heard more of that in the music. And they said, hey, you know, I think this, you know, this guy's the right, you know, person to score this game as well. Let's talk about some of the colors then that you used for Stormthrone, because we've got a full orchestra. But what kinds of instruments did you highlight? You know, I think when it came time and they decided they wanted to actually record with Real Orchestra... I sort of had to, I don't want to say change the writing of the game because obviously the style had to stay pretty consistent. Um, but when I when they said, hey, you know, we want you to record some of this real orchestra, I kind of started to maybe write some of it a little bit differently. How so? What do you think? How so? I think the choir played a big part in it. Yes. Tell me um, about the choir. At what point did you decide to call up a choir? Basically, um, I'd written a few cues for the orchestra and they were really happy with everything, but I think... 
There was the one that was called the City Theme. Which was the cue that basically plays a lot in the game. It's like the hub of the game where people are like exploring, talking, and just kind of like buying stuff. And then you go out from there to explore the world, basically. That was a level they said, hey, you know, the players are going to be on this hub level, like for a lot of the game, basically. And so we want something that's very, you know, emotional, but it, it sounds like kings and queens, kind of. Very royal, I guess you could say. And so, there, you know, what other way to best do that than to work with a choir, right? Because when you hear a bunch of choirs singing, that's very royal, I think, you know. It, it was just fantastic. There was such an amazing choir to work with, and they really translated what I had written. Where did you record? I recorded at a place called the Bastyr Chapel. and um, Beautiful place. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I mean, when, you know, when I first walked in and saw, like, the stained glass and just the size of it and just... It's just like, wow. Like, I'm humbled to be in there. Like, I was kind of scared, actually, because, <laughs> you know, it's, it really is, you know, it's like kind of it's kind of intimidating, you know, when you walk into this old place and you and you see all these musicians and, you know, all these microphones and you're like, man, you know, I hope this goes good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all the work is done and, the, and everyone's very professional. So, you know, it's pretty much can't go wrong. Well, it can, but everything is pretty much done as long as you're prepared. But even that, even so, it's just kind of intimidating because you really want to, you know, you just want it to turn out good because it's such an epic place, you know. And who were the musicians? The uh, Northwest Symphony and Choir or Chorale. And they basically, um, David Sabe, who was the conductor on the project, he basically kind of is in charge of that symphony and choir. And they've done like all kinds of like feature films and, and video you know, games. They work yeah. Like a, yeah, World of Warcraft, Halo. And so these guys know, you know, what to do, basically. And they're just very, very professional. It was, an, it was really a pleasure to work with them on it. earlier, Daniel, that you see colors sometimes or maybe all the time when you write music. Did you mean that literally like you're a synesthetic type who literally sees colors or you it's more of a feeling or an emotion you get off that color and you want to score it? I think it's a little bit of both because I always remember since starting to write music like when I was seven or eight, when I first started to compose, I remember seeing colors like grays and blues and stuff like that. Um, from watching film, watching um, movies and listening to other music or just looking outside at nature, you know, it just kind of, I, I always remember like the colors for some reason. And, but like when, when it come to like Stormthrone, for example, you know, when they send me the pictures and then I saw the art and then, and then as soon as I go away from the art, uh, that's kind of like what I remember and feel the most. So you then 
fell in love with music at a pretty young age, it sounds like. How did, how did that progression happen for you to becoming a composer? Um, I'm a little bit like all over the place, I'll say, because, you know, when I was seven or eight, you know, I, I was already like writing music on like my little keyboard. I had like a cheap Yamaha, like, you know, but it was awesome. You know, I mean, anything even now, basically that you can just, you know, you push and music comes out. I think it's awesome. So, but looking back at it now, you know, when I looked at the one, like the, some of the stuff I had, you're like, wow, you know, because technology's come so far and everything. But I mean, plus I was just seven, so I mean, I was lucky to get that, you know, basically. And so... But from there, you know, just all kinds of influences growing up. I was in band, you know, in junior high, high school. Played, I played clarinet. Cute. I love clarinet. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. I love the sound of that still. And yeah, and that's so that's like a way over left field. And then I played acoustic guitar. Um, I took piano. Um, but I was always into, even from when I was young, you know, like the technology I just always synthesizers I thought were really cool because, you know, the orchestra, of course, is just amazing. You can It's always going to be something that we can never touch, you know, as far as the emotion it brings, the scope that it brings. And, you know, but on the flip side of that, it's like synthesizers. It's just like you can get sounds that you like wouldn't get anywhere else. And that's just what always blows my mind. There's like infinite possibility. And so I kind of was into that in a young age. And even when I was in um, junior high, I remember... Getting, I think it was called the um, EPS 16 by Insonic. Yeah, it was like one of the first keyboards where it actually could play like sample based sounds. And it, it actually loaded with floppy disks. Like, um, yeah, those three and a half was it called or whatever, those little ones. So to like load a clarinet, you know, you plug in this disk, it load for like two minutes. And then you would like have a clarinet sound. But that was like groundbreaking then, you know. It was just awesome, and then I could also record. There was like a sequencer on it, so I could actually start writing. And I think that's when I I remember taking it, bringing it to band at school in junior high. And my junior high teacher was like so excited because this was a time when technology was just like starting out. And so he like had me go in front of the class, and I was like showing stuff, and everyone was like, it was just a really fun, awesome experience because people, a lot of people, didn't even know that stuff was out there. And so that I think that kind of tied into my influences growing up, just. A love of technology. Also things like, you know, my parents took me to church and stuff like that. And so choir, you hear choir, you hear hymns and stuff. And I kind of feel like I grew up being influenced and appreciating it all. And then, because I, I even had a hip hop label too. Like oh, really? hip hop. Yeah. You know, if you look at it like that, I kind of influenced from like everything basically. Thank you for listening to Top Score from Infinite Guest. You can learn more about composer Daniel Sadowski and see a full playlist from this episode at infiniteguest.org. 
Top Score's production assistant is Pierce Huxtable, and Mark Hintz mixes each episode. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. Follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. That's Top Score. I'm Emily Reese. Thank you.